Well, good morning, Evergreen Church. Uh, my name is David Kim, and I have the opportunity to speak from the Word to you guys today. Um, I'm actually the only pastor here this morning. Uh, all the other pastors are on a pastor's couples retreat, and I am the only single pastor. And so I have the privilege of being here with you guys um, all for myself. And so um, thank you for this opportunity. Before we just dive in, uh, why don't I just open us in a word of prayer. And so why don't you guys just join me. Father God, we just want to come to you this morning. And, and Lord, we come, we come with a purpose. Lord, we come for a reason. May, may today, may, may this morning not be a simple ritual or simple thing that we are used to doing where we just come and show up. But Lord, may you do a work in us. May you draw our hearts to know you more, to, to, to love you more, to walk with you more closely. Lord, we pray that your word would be made clear to us. And so, Spirit, would you uh, open up our minds to understand and to know how to respond to the things that you might be revealing to us this morning. And so, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for these opportunities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, if you guys take a look at your bulletin, um, today's message is titled, uh, forgotten God, okay, it's titled The Forgotten God. And in fact, uh, a, a few years ago, there was a popular pastor who looks a lot like our own Pastor Kenny Wada, uh, I would say, who wrote a book called Forgotten God. And, and the premise of his book was that he said the, the American church or, or the greater evangelical church has for the most part neglected the Holy Spirit, has neglected the Holy Spirit. And as a result, they find themselves weak. They are without the power of the Holy Spirit as individuals, as a church. And that's what this uh, pastor writes about in this book called Forgotten God. Just to let you guys know, this morning's message has nothing to do with that book. I just want to throw it out there so you guys don't get confused. But I do want to jump off of what he said. Okay, he said that the church has, for the most part, neglected the Holy Spirit, forgotten about the Holy Spirit. I would like to say that I think um, in my own Christian life and in probably all of our Christian lives, uh, as individuals and as a body, I would say that we, for the most part, neglect God altogether, right? We neglect God far too often, far more than we should. We neglect God altogether. It's not about Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. We just simply forget about God. And so if there's anything I want you guys to get out of this morning, it's just a simple thing. I want you guys to, to listen to this and, and, and to, to ingrain this in your head. And this is the command, which is to remember God, remember God, and don't forget about him. Remember God and be careful lest you forget about him. And, and that sounds really simple. You know, all we have to do is remember God and everything's going to be fine, right? And in a sense, that's true. If we remember God, things will be good. But we know it's hard to remember. We know it's easy to forget, right? Just think about um, how forgetful you are, how forgetful I am, um, how easy it is to forget where we place our keys, right? How easy it is to forget where we parked, especially if we're in a big parking lot. Um, how easy it is to forget when uh, we need to take out the trash, right? And, and that's not a good situation if you do forget to take out the trash. Um, but, but even more so, it becomes more difficult to remember things when it comes, with, uh, when it comes to relationships, right? When it comes to relationships, we forget to show gratitude and, 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 and uh, thanksgiving to those who care for us. 
Right? We forget the birthdays and the anniversaries of our closest friends and families. We forget to say, I love you, to those whom we love. Right? It's, 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 it's very clear, it's very obvious that we are forgetful people. And so when we are told by God, when we are told by his word to remember God, know that it's, it's, it's something that we need to keep in our minds. It's not as easy as just saying it. And why is it so hard? Why is it so hard for us to remember? I don't really have a good reason. I think it's simply because we are fallen. Right? We are fallen human beings in this flesh, living in this world with so many distractions that we forget what matters most. So if there's anything I want you guys to get out of this morning, it's to remember God and be careful that you do not forget about him. And that's what we're going to see in the scriptures this morning. And so if you guys have your Bibles, I want you guys to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, for that's where we'll be spending the rest of this morning. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. And so you can start from the beginning if you can't find your place. And we're just going to be reading from Deuteronomy 8 this morning. And so it says this in Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. You must carefully follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and take possession of the land the Lord, Lord swore to your fathers. Remember that the Lord your God led you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your fathers had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out, and your feet did not swell these 40 years. Keep in mind that the Lord your God has been disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. So keep, so keep the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. That's what Deuteronomy 8 verses 1 to 6 says. And we'll be going through the whole chapter this morning, but before we go through the whole chapter, uh, let's, just start, set, let's just set the stage, right? What's going on here? You see, the person speaking is Moses. And Moses is, is the leader of a group of people called the Israelites. And so Moses is speaking to these Israelites and he's telling them things that he wants them to know and things that he wants them to do. And so why is Moses telling them things that he wants them to know, things that he wants them to do? It's because these Israelites are about to embark on a new journey. Their circumstances are going to change very shortly. You see, these Israelites, they've been journeying in the wilderness for the past 40 years. All they'd known in their entire lives was pretty much a dry and barren land where nothing prospers. Yet God was about to take these Israelites into this new land, into this good land called the promised land, the land of Canaan. And this was not a land that was dry. This was not a land that was barren. Instead, it was beautiful and bountiful, and it was flourishing with life. And as these Israelites were about to make this transition from the wilderness into the good land, Moses wanted them to know certain things. Moses wanted them to do certain things. 
But the interesting thing is, is that the Israelites have been here before, right? The Israelites are, are sitting at the border of this good land, and Moses is talking to them. He's teaching them. He's helping them understand how he expects them to live with God, how they can live a good life with God. But the Israelites have been here before. Forty years ago, right, their forefathers were here. Forty years ago, there was another generation of Israelites who had been rescued from Egypt, from captivity, brought through the wilderness, and are now presented at the border of a good land. And 40 years ago, these Israelites, this, this, this generation before, these Israelites, they had the opportunity to enter into the land, into this good land that God was bringing them to, that God was blessing them with. And so as they sat at the border of the land, God had these group of Israelites send in 12 spies, 12 scouts to go look into the land, see how it was like. And you know what they found out? They found out that God was good, that the land that God had promised them was a good land. It was flowing with milk and honey. It was growing figs and pomegranates. It was beautiful and it was bountiful. But there was a problem. There was a problem. And they saw men there. They saw strong men there. They saw men who had cities, fortified cities with walls. And all of a sudden, even though they knew that God had taken them from Egypt and brought them all the way to the promised land, this good land, that all went away from their minds. Right? And the fear of death just occupied them completely. And in this fear, they came back to the tents. They came back to the camp and they began propagating the idea that if they enter into that land, then they will surely die. And so they told Moses, they told God that they did not want to enter into the land, even though God had prepared for them a good land for them to have. So what happened? The Lord basically gave them what they wanted. The Lord judged them that day. They said, I don't want to go into the land. And the Lord says, okay, you will not go into the land. You will die here, outside of the land. You will die today, or you will die in the next 40 years in the wilderness. But it was their children, and it was their children's children that are now here in Deuteronomy 8, 40 years later, who are about to enter into the promised land. And Moses knows all of this. Moses knows what happened in the past, and he doesn't want to see the same thing happen again. And so Moses is speaking to these Israelites a second time. He's telling them the things that he wants them to know so that they could live a good life with God as they enter into the promised land. And that's why this book that we're in is called Deuteronomy. Essentially, it means second law, because this is the second time Moses is doing this. Right? But what does Moses say? What, what's so important for Moses to, to, uh, to tell these people just as about that they're entering into the promised land? Let's read it in verse 1. It says, You must carefully follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and take possession of the land the Lord, Lord swore to your fathers. Right? It's simple. Moses says, If you want to follow God, obey his commands. If you want to walk with God, keep his statutes. Right. And we all, we all know this, this is a new, a new idea to, to most of us. Right? We know that if we want to walk with God, if we want to live life with God, then, then we are called to live the way that he calls us to. 
Right? The things that he tells us to do, to, to be kind, to be loving, to be gracious, those are things that he calls us to do, to be disciplined, right? to seek after him. We know that God wants us to obey these things because as we obey him, we follow him. That isn't a new idea for us, but look at what Moses continues to say in verse 2. He says, remember. He says, remember that the Lord your God led you on an entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart. You see, Moses connects the idea of walking with God, obeying God, with this concept of remembering God. Because Moses knows that once they stop remembering God, they will no longer be walking with God. They will no longer be obeying God. And so Moses tells these Israelites, look, as you enter into the land, even now, but as you go into the land, remember God. Right? Remember what about God? Remember how God led you through the wilderness these past 40 years. Right? And he did so with a purpose. He did so so that you can mature, so that you can grow, so that you can be more ready and dependent on him. You see, even though the wilderness was a judgment place for the generation before, the same wilderness was a testing grounds, was a training grounds for this new group of Israelites. And Moses wanted them to remember all the things that God had done to bring them to this point. Moses wanted these Israelites to remember that, yeah, God led you through the wilderness and you ended up hungry, but you didn't remain hungry. God fed you, right? And God didn't just feed you through any ordinary means. He fed you with bread from heaven. He fed you with manna. Not only that, but, but look at your clothes. Look at your feet. Your clothing did not wear out. Your feet did not swell up these past 40 years. Remember that that was God caring for you. And the reason why he cares for you, the reason why you're, you're in all of this, right, is because God right, cares for you like a son. God is disciplining you just as a man would his son. And so Moses is telling these Israelites, look, I want you to remember. I want you to remember who God is, right, how he is powerful and, and capable to provide and I want you to remember what God did, that, that he actually did provide miraculously for you. And he kept you. And I want you to know how God relates to you. I want you to remember that, how God cares for you like his children. Because Moses knows that they're about to enter this land and, and it's so vital that they remember God. Because you know what? If, if they remember God, guess what happens? It, it tells us in, in verse 7, because as they, as they remember God, they're going to walk with God. And as they enter into this new land, right, where, where the streams of, of, of water, of rivers flowing from the hills and the valleys, where, where the land uh, is so fertile that they find barley, wheat, figs, and pomegranates, right, where they'll be lacking nothing, where they'll never go hungry, that as they enter into this, as they enter into this land and as they remember God, they will do what? They will praise God. They will bless the Lord because they know who gave them all of this. You see, it's so vital for these Israelites to remember God always. Because as they journey in their walks after God, as they begin to experience new things, whether good or bad, as long as they remember God, 
they will be walking closely with him. They will know how God cares for them, how God loves them, and how God accomplishes these things for them. But something happens. Something shifts in Moses' speech. All of a sudden, in verse 11, Moses says this. He says, be careful. He says, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God. Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commands, the ordinances and statutes I am giving you today. You see, just as they're about to enter into this land, just as much as they have the opportunity to recognize that all these good things come from the hand of God and that they can praise him and bless him, there's this reality, there's this true possibility that they will just forget God. That as they enter into this good land, they will forget God. You see, Moses is telling them that it isn't good enough for you to just, in this moment, remember God. It's not good enough for you to just, in this moment, give thanks to God for the things in the past. Moses is telling them and warning them that day by day, as they walk forward, they need to keep guard. Keep guard lest they forget God. Because they're going to be experiencing all these new and wonderful things and it will be so easy for them. It will be so easy for them to forget God. Verse 12, it says, When you eat and are full and build beautiful houses to live in, your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold multiply and everything else you have increases. Be careful. Be careful that your heart doesn't become proud and you forget everything about God. You forget about how God took you from slavery and brought you into freedom. That you will forget how God fed you personally in the wilderness. That you will forget how God gave you a drink when you were thirsty. How God protected you from the dangers in the wilderness. Be careful that as you enter into this new life, into this new season, in this good land, be careful lest you forget God. Who he is, what he has done, and how he cares for you. Because as they forget God, there's this possibility, right, that pride swells up in their hearts. And then they begin to say to themselves in verse 17, my power and my own ability has, has gained all of this for me. Moses knows that, that, that once they forget God, right, once God is out of the picture, Right? Something, something else is going to fill in that space. Moses knows that once they forget God, that's when they begin to wander. Not in the wilderness, but that's when they begin to wander away from God. When they're not walking with him, when they're not obeying him, when they're not following his statutes and commands and ordinances. So Moses tells them, Moses warns them, remember, remember, remember when you were in the wilderness and how God fed you? Right? That, that, that was all God. Now that you are in a good land and you see all this bounty, right, recognize that that comes from God as well. Right? You need to remember God just as much in the good land as you did when you were in the wilderness. 
And Moses gives such a grave warning that he, he ends it with this. He says it in verse 19. He says, if you ever, if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods to worship and bow down to them, look, I testify against you today that you will perish. Like the nations the Lord is about to destroy before you, you will perish if you do not obey the Lord your God. Moses tells them, right? Moses tells them, do not forget the Lord your God or else you will most certainly not be walking with him in obedience and you will most certainly perish. You know, as we read that and it's a grave warning, you know, we might be quick to think that, that, that you know, we won't, we won't fall like the Israelites did. The Israelites went and, and were tempted to, to, to follow and worship other gods. You know, we look at our own Christian lives and, and whether it's doing well right now or it's doing okay, you know, we look into the future and we highly doubt that we will do the same as the Israelites. But you know, the Israelites never decided on their own accord in their minds and pre-planned that they would forget God, right? They, they didn't decide ahead of time that they were going to chase after other gods. No, the Israelites never planned for it. They just found themselves in that situation, right? Their own sinful hearts brought them to that situation. Their forgetfulness of God led them there, right? Just, just imagine this picture for a moment. Imagine, imagine you are an Israelite, and you were born and raised during this period of wilderness, right? And, and, and every day, as far as you remember, right, how you were sustained, how you were fed was by eating bread that came from heaven, manna that fell on the ground that they would pick up and gather, right? And every day, they needed to trust that God was going to provide for the very next day again, because the manna would never last more than a day except for um, the day before the Sabbath. And so every day you would go to sleep, you would wake up, and you would, you would trust and, and, and put your hope that God was going to feed you that morning, was going to feed you that afternoon, was going to feed you that night. That's what you, that's what you known for, for so many years of your life. And then all of a sudden you're going to enter into this new land and this is good land where all of a sudden, uh, food doesn't come from the sky. Food comes from the ground, right? You just, you just grow and, 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 and plant your fields, and, and on a regular season, they will grow. You will produce crops. You will reap them, and you will enjoy uh, the fruits of your labor, right? You can be assured that as you go through this process, you'll always have food. And then slowly, 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 you might begin to forget that, who, that, that God is the ultimate one who provides you with all these things, right? It's not as clearly direct, uh, uh, the, the food is not clearly as, as direct as coming from God anymore since it's coming from the ground. And so you might begin to forget. And then all of a sudden, the, a hiccup comes about. All of a sudden, it stops raining, right? You, you find yourself in a drought. And, and your crops aren't growing anymore. And because God is out of your mind, because God uh, has been forgotten by you, right? You aren't looking to, to think, okay, God, provide me with food that comes from the heavens. No, you're thinking, okay, I, I need rain. 
I need rain right now or else I can't eat. And, and, and in your need and in this thought, you begin to, 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 to look at your neighbors, right? The neighbors who are living uh, uh, around you and, and you, and, and you hear them talk about a way to get rain. You hear them talk about, about this God named Baal who, who, who apparently is a storm god, and if you worship him, if you bow down to him, then he's going to give you rain. And so the Israelites, with God out of their minds, with God out of their hearts, right, they take this opportunity to trust in something else. They take this opportunity to think that something else provides for them. And so they walk away from God. They walk towards Baal. And they find themselves wandering away from the Lord. For us this morning, I highly doubt any of us are going to follow Baal. But the reality is, is that as we forget God, if we forget God, we will replace God with something. Right? We will replace God with something. Maybe instead of trusting uh, uh, another idea of God, we begin to trust in ourselves. We begin to look at our own abilities and say, you know what? I, I have these needs, and all I really need to do is, is, is work harder. Right? All I need to do is, is plan better. And, and, and you could ultimately try to sustain yourself with God nowhere in the picture. Or maybe you, you look to the, to the ways of this world, you look to the, to the patterns of this world, you, you, you see how your coworkers live or, or you see how your friends who don't know the Lord live and, 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 and they do certain things to get certain things that you want too. And, 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 and you're looking at God and you're thinking, well, he's not providing and, and he's out of your mind. And so you might begin to wonder, you know, should I do what those people are doing? Right? Should I get what I desire through those other means, even if it means walking in sin? It is so easy for us to forget God and to walk away from him. And so that's why Moses tells these Israelites, Moses warns them, right? He tells them, remember God, and he warns them, be careful, be careful, lest you forget him. And so this morning, I just echo the same thing that Moses said, Let's remember God, right? Let's remember who he is. Let's remember what he has done for us and remember how he cares for his own. Because if we don't remember, if we don't watch ourselves, we can easily fall any moment. Just as the Israelites never planned to walk away from God, I highly doubt if any of us here are Christians, we ever plan to walk away from him either. We ever plan to forget him. But the reality is that we live in the flesh, we live in this world where it's so easy, it's so easy to forget God. The Israelites saw God open up the Red Sea and they walked through it and saw God close the Red Sea and saw all these chariots chasing them, destroyed, and they sang praises to God. But then a few weeks later, they began complaining because they were thirsty. 
And the God who opened up the sea, they didn't think could give them water to drink. The disciples walked with Jesus and saw so many miracles. They experienced so many things. They even got to uh, witness to so many people and share about the kingdom of God that has come. Uh, But once Jesus died, once he went to the cross, they all forgot him and they all walked away. We're forgetful too, right? This upcoming Thanksgiving, we probably have the opportunity to give thanks for, for all the things that we've received and maybe we accredit it all to God, but how soon after Thanksgiving will we just go into our routine of not acknowledging God at all? You see, we're called to remember and to be careful lest we forget. And the reality is, is that remembering God and not forgetting him is not an easy task. It's not an easy task. It does not come natural to us. Right? If it was as easy for us to remember God and not walk away from him by just hearing a single message, and that would just solve a lot of our problems, but that's not how it works. Right? God asks us to remember him and to be careful lest we forget him. And in order to do so, we have to actively decide to choose how we will remember God. How will we, how will we protect ourselves from forgetting him? Right? I myself lose my keys and, or misplace my keys and my wallet all the time. And, and so what do I do? I, I, I don't just live that way. I, I decided that I'm going to put it in the same position every single time when I get home. So I can remember. Many of us have uh, a good amount of friends and family members, and we can't remember all their birthdays and um, all the anniversaries, and so we use tools like Facebook to remind ourselves. Half of us have a very busy schedule this upcoming week, and we probably can't remember all the appointments we have, and so what do we do? We put it in our calendars. Right? We know already in our practical lives that we are forgetful people and we take measures to protect ourselves from forgetting. And so why don't we do the same thing with God? Right? Why don't we do the same thing with God? We see the Israelites do it. Right? God commanded the Israelites to have these feasts, these celebrations, Passover, right? festival of tents, all, all these things to remember God and what he has done. God told the people to, to keep the Sabbath. It wasn't just simply for them to rest. No, it was for them to remember that God was the one that provided for them. They didn't need a labor that day because God was going to feed them a double portion the day before. So my question for us this morning, as I tell us to remember God and not forget him, is what are we going to do to make sure that that happens? Right? What, what do we do to remember God, who he is and what he has done, and, and make sure that we don't forget about him? Do we pray? How often do we pray? Right? Do we recognize that God is ever present to hear our prayers? Do we read our Bibles? Do we, expo- do we expose ourselves to not simply know more about God, but also be reminded of who he is? Do we journal? Do we take notes and keep track of, of all the ways that God has taken care of us and showed his kindness to us? Right? Do we encourage one another? Do we gather with other believers so that if we forget, someone is there to remind us? This morning, I want to challenge each and every single one of us here to consider something that you can do, that we can do to remember God more. Right? 
Just take a moment. If you have a pen, I, I encourage you to write it down. What is one thing, what is one thing that you can begin doing today on a regular basis to help you remember God and not forget him? We have to be diligent to make sure that we don't forget God. There's going to be a day, there's going to be a day in the future when remembering God won't be so difficult. Right? When Jesus returns and we see him face to face, it won't be difficult for us to remember who God is, what he has done, and, and how he cares for us. But until that day, as we live in the flesh, as we live in this world, we need to do all we can, do all we can to remember and to not forget. And, you know, this, this, this message this morning essentially is for those of us who know God, who, who know God through his Son, right? Who, who are saved by faith. But in reality, all of us, whether we, 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 we believe and know Jesus Christ or we don't, we have to recognize and remember who God is, right? How he is holy, how he is righteous, how he is just. And in his justice, what he's going to do is that he's going to give us what we are due. Right? What we deserve. And if you just take a moment to think about how you live your life, right? not even as a whole, but just look at this past weekend or this past week or this past month, you will quickly see that the way you live your life and the way that God wants us to live our lives probably don't match up. He is holy, we are not and so what is due for us is death and separation from him in hell. But we can also recognize and we can also remember that God is not simply just holy and righteous and just those things he is most certainly, but he is also gracious and merciful. And what did he do out of his character? He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to give us life in exchange for his own. Right? That, that God sent his son, Jesus, to 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 live a life here on earth, to t take upon our sins as he died upon the cross so that whoever knows him and believes in him would not just simply have life, right, would, but would be entered into his family, would be seen as his children. So that how God relates to us is as a father does to his kids. And even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, this morning, God invites you to do so. God does not want you to remain in judgment. He does not want you to remain in the wilderness as a place of judgment. He wants you to grow and enter into a good land. But the only way this happens is by believing in Jesus, by knowing what he has done and trusting in him. And so this morning, we also have the opportunity to Remember Jesus, remember God by partaking in communion. Where the juice helps us remember Jesus' blood shed for us so that whoever believes in him, whoever trusts him, is cleansed from sin. So that as we take the bread, we can remember Jesus' body broken for us, how he came and lived in this earth 
right? In such a way that exemplifies how we should live, in such a way that he never at any moment forgot about God, that even though he was in the wilderness, even though Satan tempted him, he always remembered who God was, what God had done, and how God cared for him because he was his son. And so as we partake in communion, any of us who believe in the name of Jesus, I also encourage you to ask God that by his grace, he would help us never to forget him. Not today, not tomorrow, nor any other moment in the future. So why don't we just close in a word of prayer and begin to prepare our hearts as we can partake in communion. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that you have not left us to our own accord. You do not leave us wondering how we should live, but God, you give us your word. You give us your truth. You help us understand our weaknesses and your strengths. God, ultimately, I just thank you that, that even though we are fallen, broken people, even though we are people so easy and so quick to forget that, that through the blood of your son, through Jesus Christ dying on the cross, God, there is grace. You continue to bring us back to you. That when we wander, you draw us back to you. You stretch out your arm to take those who are walking away from you and you pull us back. But God, let us not be just people who continually wander away from you. But Father, I pray that you would just do a work in our hearts by the power of your spirit, it will work in our hearts so that we would be a people who remember you, that we would be a people who never forget. God, and we will continue to strive for that aim and we await for the day when you will return and we'll be, all things will be made clear and we'll see how good you are to your children. And so we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.